Good morning, folks. Happy Sunday. I am so glad we're here. So glad we get to hang out together. I, 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 we're, we're in Ezekiel chapter 18 because we are, are, are making our journey through Scripture this year from Genesis to Revelation, January to December. If you're reading one of the different Bible plans, you get a couple of chapters a day or so, and, and you read those chapters, and you kind of get make your way through, and then and, and we've gotten now into the prophets, and you know what I found out is some people really like the prophets. Some people really don't like the prophets, okay, just so you know. Uh, my experience has been that the prophets just get wearisome after a while. You just keep hearing the message over and over and over again. And I'm just like, God, wasn't, wasn't Isaiah enough? You know, what, wasn't Jeremiah enough? And now we're in Ezekiel. I'm thinking, wait a minute. Now, now Ezekiel too. You know, and I said that. But, but yet I start to wonder. I go, wait a minute. God, how many times does it take for me to hear the message of warning, the message of caution, the, the condemnation of sin? You see? And so when I, I consider that and I stop and start to shine that light back on myself, I go, okay, God, I'm here. I'm listening. I'm listening. This is the little card we printed that back at the first of this thing about the journey through Scripture, which begins with creation and makes its way to the fall and sin and the covenant, the family, the people, the nation. We're still in the nation phase, except now uh, this week and the week upcoming, we, we learn of Jerusalem's ultimate demise that the city has has, has conquered and and so uh all of the the kings good and bad that we see in israel and judah actually point to the king of kings the fact that that god has a plan and that last song we were just singing that morning glory said i love mike's part in that where where you hear the drummer i'm thinking man we're marching and you know god's plan of redemption is marching on you see, God is still at work. God is still doing what God does. God is doing what only God can do. And, and we're just moving in that direction. And so, uh, you know, at, at, and honestly, I, I, the whole joke is the birthday thing because I just really don't make a big deal. But I'll celebrate my birthday once every decade, you know, when there's a zero on the end of it. You're right. So there you go. Happy birthday to me. Uh, I am thrilled that I am continuing to march along. Okay, I'm still moving in the direction I need to be. So we're in Ezekiel 18, verses 20 through 32, and I'm going to give you some real summary statements of this rather than going through and picking apart all of this. This is a long passage, so I'm warning you ahead of time. You ready? Here it goes. The person, This is in verse 20, and I, I, I sort of start in the middle of the chapter, but the whole chapter is the message. It says, the person who sins is the one who will die. Son won't suffer punishment for the father's iniquity, and a father won't suffer punishment for the son's iniquity. The righteousness of the righteous person will be on him, and the wickedness of the wicked person will be on him. But if the wicked person turns from all the sins he has committed, keeps all my statutes, and does what is just and right, he will certainly live. He will not die. None of the transgressions that he has committed will be held against him. He will live because of the righteousness he has practiced. Do I take any pleasure in the death of the wicked? That's a rhetorical question, y'all. There's an assumed answer to this question. You see, this is the declaration of the Lord God. Instead, don't I take pleasure when he turns from his ways and lives? 
See, the assumed answer of, do I take pleasure in the death of the wicked? No! God takes pleasure when the wicked repent. That's where this passage is headed. But when a righteous person turns from his righteousness and acts unjustly, committing the same detestable acts that the wicked do, will he live? None of the righteous acts he did will be remembered. He will die because of the treachery he is engaged in and the sin he has committed. Do you say the Lord's way isn't fair? Now listen, house of Israel, is it my way that is unfair? Is Instead, isn't it your ways that are unfair? When a righteous person turns from his righteousness and acts unjustly, he will die for this. He will die because of the injustice he has committed. But if a wicked person turns from the wickedness he has committed and does what is just and right, he will preserve his life. He will certainly live because he thought it over and turned from all, his, all the transgressions he had committed. He'll not die. But the house of Israel says, the Lord's way isn't fair. Is it my ways that are unfair, house of Israel? Instead, isn't it your ways that are unfair? Therefore, house of Israel, I will judge each one of you according to his ways. This is the declaration of the Lord. Repent and turn all your rebellious acts. Turn from all your rebellious acts so they will not become a sinful stumbling block for you. Throw off all the transgressions you have committed and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why should you die, house of Israel? For I take no pleasure in anyone's death. This is the declaration of the Lord God. So repent and live. Pray with me. Father, thank you. Thank you that you are just. But God, thank you that you love us and that God, you have made a way of redemption and a way of salvation and a way for forgiveness. God, you've called us to repentance. God, you've called us to repentance and life, abundant life in Jesus Christ. And even as the prophets speak, we know in hindsight, God, that you are pointing to a day when redemption is accomplished, when victory is won. And God, we gather on a Sunday morning to celebrate victory to celebrate redemption. God, to celebrate your goodness to us. So God, let us not take for granted what you have given to us. And let us acknowledge our sin. Let us confess it and repent of it. Let us not make excuses for our sin. Let us honor you and exalt you. In Jesus' name, amen. So one of the commentators I read this week, and I forget which one it was, but uh, basically said um, the, the summation of, of Ezekiel 18 is, is that God doesn't actually enjoy killing people. God doesn't actually enjoy this exercise in judgment that he is, you know, bringing on his people. The truth is, is that what God did with Abraham and Sarah in inaugurating and initiating a people through a, a, an elderly couple, one son to two sons to 12 sons to, to a people group, to a nation, you know, to a nation in a land with a name that actually hearkens to, that points all the world to a creator God, a loving creator God who is planning and purposing from the point of the beginning of the nation to a blessing that would come through the nation 
that we sit here in 2022 and look back at it and know that God planned it. God purposed it to bring about our salvation, our redemption through this whole process. And yet these are the very people that by his God's own love that he cared for and nurtured and grew and blessed and they were given this land flowing with milk and honey and we talked about that. And they were given riches and they were given wealth and, and the position of the, of the land was so integral to who they were was that all the big nations of the world had to pass through Israel. That's how important that little thing there along the coast of the Mediterranean is. And God, God blessed them that way. And what did they do? They turned their backs on him. More than that, they insulted him by their choices, by their actions, by their attitudes. They denied him. A few weeks ago, I shared this thought that, you know, God, you know, in our world, if you want to talk about it in just purely philosophical terms, and I don't mean, you know, we're Christians in the house and that sort of thing. We enjoy biblical wording and and the building, the the biblical sort of terminology of things. But when we look at the world around us, most people I've encountered have a hard time denying a divine design. That there is, a, there is a purpose and a plan in the world around us. You see it in the way things are put together. You see it in the way things work together. You see it in the systems and, and, and in the, 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 the whole the, the cosmos of our, our planet that, that it works. And, and, and even honest scientists will tell you they don't understand how. You see? And so when you look at these things, you say, God has a plan. God is at work. God is doing things. And yet we see so much of the world going, no, there is no God. Oh, I can see order in things. I can see a plan in things. I see natural law. I I, I see like, uh, you know, what, what was his name that the apple supposedly fell on his head in our cartoons, right? I see gravity. I, I, I see motion, I see inertia, I see all of those scientific natural laws at play, but the world denies that there is a lawgiver. That there is a natural lawgiver, that there's a natural moral law, that there is a moral lawgiver, that there is a God who has and deserves an expectation of the people that he's blessed, the people that he's made. And so in this thing, I look at this thing and I I start to understand what last week I mentioned about the wages of sin. What have you earned? Right? You know, now I I, I love telling my son that, that my first job, I got paid $2 an hour. And he goes, $2 an hour? That was just because my uncle was being nice to me, right? You see, what did I earn? Two bucks an hour, right? That, that's You work an hour, you get two bucks. You don't work an hour, you don't even get the two bucks, right? For the wages of sin is death. The, the, the message of, of sin and wickedness and transgression hasn't changed. 
Okay? But there is, a, there is the, the statement in Deuteronomy that says that the sins of the father will be felt to the third and fourth generation. And so what the, 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 in this chapter, he actually says, quit saying that. Quit saying that the father eats the grapes and it turns the children's teeth. What, it's, what, what he means by that is when the father sins, the impact of that sin is felt in the children. It's felt down the line. Children don't get punished for a dad's sin. Dad gets punished for the sin. My sin, my punishment. Okay? My sin, my consequences. But I guarantee you this. My sin is felt in my family. Has an impact on the people around me. You see? Guess what? We're a family. Y'all know that? We're the family of God. The body of Christ. You know that sin in the family has an impact on the family? It's felt. See, y'all ready to get out of prophets now too, aren't you? See, that's what he's saying there. He, he, the fact is, is that people are responsible for their sins, not anybody else's. God in this passage defines a righteous person by somebody that follows the rules. Does what God expects them to do. He goes through a whole list, and I won't get into the list, but it's, it's things like don't, don't, don't worship idols. Right? Goes down the line. There's ten of them. You know? So, so when we see these things, would you go in there and turn the volume down on my phone? I'm hearing myself. I'm up here going, I think I'm listening to me. It's, it's on the left side of the phone, Michael. Thank you. So following the rules, the question God is asking in this chapter is, how hard is that? How hard is it to obey God? How hard is it not to, to do the things that, 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 that God says don't do? You see? And the statement I made a minute ago about, the fact is, is that, you know what? I, I, there were years that I pe preached on obedience and punishment before I had a son. Right? I was preaching as a receiver, not a giver. I, I, I received discipline. I received obedience. I received punishment from my parents. Right? I've told y'all about that last spank in seventh grade. Dad, Dad didn't take pleasure in it. Right? He told me he didn't. Uh, I kind of doubted him. Right? So, so, but... But God is saying here, he says, I really don't take delight. I, I, I don't take any, any sort of pleasure in the judgment. But guess what? Because of justice, there has to be judgment. There has to be consequences. There has to be punishment. Okay. So, so my sin, my punishment. You see, if a, if a righteous person turns bad, their sin, their punishment. 
If a wicked person turns good, their repentance, their life, you see? So, so not to get this confused, my repentance is based not on my righteousness or the fact that I became good enough to earn God's blessing. My repentance in us under the, the, the covenant of grace and, and Christ is, is that it's my repentance, Jesus' righteousness. God gave me a righteousness that I could not earn. God gave me a righteousness that I didn't deserve. You know, I remember the first time in a, in a memorial service, a funeral, where I spoke about the person as being clothed in the righteousness of Christ. You know, that, that she was a really sweet little 80-something-year-old lady. Godly, taught the Bible and loved God and was kind. And, and, and nobody had a, a bad thing to say about her, not even her kids. Just kidding, you know. But you see, when I stood up before her family and, and before the congregation of those who came to celebrate her life, it is still the truth about that sweet little 80-something-year-old lady that not her righteousness, Christ's righteousness is what saved her. You see, my repentance, Christ's righteousness. We get clothed in it. Man, just wallow in it if you want to, you know. Jesus has given us a life. But it's not an excuse to do wickedness. And we live in a world today that almost revels in wickedness, celebrates it. Folks, it, it, I'll be honest, there are days when I'm checking my news feed and it just it makes me sick. And I think, like the prophets, God, how long? How long? Right? It's funny this morning, so, all right, so I'm going to say a couple of things about the whole how long. So it reminded me of this. I'm, I'm, I'm running off on a tangent, and I'm warning you ahead of time. Walk back here to Al and Carolyn. They tell them, is it tomorrow? 23rd of this month. You know, everybody's telling me happy birthday, right? Because I turned 60 today. Yay. Give my mom and dad credit, all right? Carolyn says to me, she said, you know, this month we'll celebrate our 64th anniversary. They were married before I was born. <laughs> Think about it. Man, and there's probably others in the room like that, Right? You look back over life and you start to go, all right, God, you know, I've seen you do this and I've, I, you've done this in my life and you've, you've done this. And the testimony of our lives needs to be about God's faithfulness, God's righteousness, the fact that we didn't earn it, we don't deserve it, and yet God reached down and redeemed me. I'm just like, whoa! You see, that, that's something to shout about. That's something to celebrate. That's a reason for worship. And yet in the world around us, we see the world worshiping and celebrating the denial of God and his goodness. And I admit, it makes me weary. And I read these prophets and I go, what a message for today. What a message for today. It's because of Jesus' righteousness 
that I have life. That I have life. So many of you know that when you ask me how I'm doing, I say, I'm having a blast. So I've said it before, but I'm saying it mostly today. I'm having a blist. Okay? It's not a blast today. I'm having a blist today. Because God's good and God is faithful. And, and, and I can look at this thing and I can say, okay, you know, these things that he says is, do I take any pleasure in the death of the wicked? No, I don't take any pleasure in the death of the wicked, God is saying. He's saying, instead, don't I take pleasure when the wicked, when he, the wicked, turns from his ways and lives. You see that? Man, Ezekiel, every chapter in Ezekiel is hammering the judgment thing. And I keep looking at it and I'm going, oh, and, and, and every chapter I open up every morning when I get up to read and I open it up and it says, and the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel and he said, Son of man. And then he pronounces this judgment, whether it's on Judah or the past judgment of, of the nation of Israel or, or it's on Egypt or Ammon or Moab or Tyre. Then when I've already been through, you know, chapter 28 when, when the, the allegory there has been said by commentators to be the depiction of Satan's on sin and the casting out of the devil uh, cast down. You see? And so as we read these things, we see, and I'm going to go back to, to Mike's drummer, God, God's plan, God's provision, redemption is marching on. God is still at work today. God is still doing things that nobody else can do. God is still saving lives that people looked at and said, no hope for that guy. God picks them up. God is still doing what only God does. And folks, we gather to celebrate it and worship, to exalt God, to glorify God. But, but we do it in a room like this. I have to admit, we set it up this way on purpose. Everybody's facing one way. By sitting like this, it's like that, that learning environment, Right? Some of you don't understand the A-B triangle. Only the people that sit across the front to a point in the back get the A's and the B's. You guys on the corners, y'all are C's and D's. I'm just telling you. I learned that in seminary because guess where I was sitting? Way back yonder. See what I mean? We set it up like this, but this is actually contrived. You know, I love it that we... I, thank you for paying attention. Right? But the truth is, the best place for us to exalt God, to live, to bring Him glory, is out there where the world is denying God. Leave this place with the purpose and intent of living righteousness so that the world sees the love of God in you. See that? Man, that's how it's, that's how it's supposed to be. Alrighty. See, if you don't know Jesus, you don't have that righteousness. It's Jesus' righteousness that gives me life. Jesus' righteousness is the source of my life. If you don't know Jesus, you need Jesus. Okay? So we're going to sing one song because i got something I want to say after we sing. We're going to sing one song. It's going to give you the opportunity to praise God. If you know Jesus, just praise God. 
Man, sing it like you're praising God. I love those folks in the in the congregation who stand up and and it's almost this commitment they make. I'm not singing. I don't care what you sing. Some of them even go so far as to say, I'm not even going to smile while you're singing. Right? Well, somewhere in your heart, find your way to praise God as we sing this song. If you don't know Jesus, you come on down. We'll, we'll introduce you to Jesus. If you know him, but you know the world's got you sidetracked, distracted, well, we'll pray about that. You know, it comes with, begins with that confession of sin turning from, repenting and turning from sin. Maybe you want to be a part of this gathering because God's doing some really cool things around us here and people want to be a part of it. So you do what God's telling you to do as we sing together, all righty? Pray with me. Father, again, I thank you for today and, and what you're doing today and God, how you want to work today, not just in, in, in the group, but God, you want to work in me. You want to work in us. God, I do thank you that, that today's a day of personal celebration, but God, we don't gather to celebrate the, just the number of years. God, I, I love celebrating the fact that today makes about 52 years in your kingdom. 52 years being your kid. 52 years of salvation. And God, thank you for those years. Thank you that you've taught me a lot. Thank you, God, that you've, you've grown me up. Thank you, God, that I get to celebrate today your goodness in my life. So, God, this morning, if there's someone that doesn't know Jesus, we want them to know Jesus. If there are people here this morning that don't recognize what it is that you are offering, that you are calling their name, God, that you have a purpose and a plan, God, I pray we'd communicate that, not just during this hour, but in everything we do after this hour too, let us let people know about your love. Let us let people know about Jesus. We pray it in his name. Amen.